The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Pollard streaks in. Streaks in. Touchdown. Parsons has second. Prescott keeps it. And he bangs it in for the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. Go! Go! Dallas Cowboys! It's a Victory Monday on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, as we are live from inside the SWBC studios here at the Star in Frisco, 49-17, the final score. It is a 40-burger for the Dallas Cowboys as they take down the New York Giants and absolutely destroy them for the second game this year. Yay. Welcome in, everybody. Glad you're with us. We've got Isaiah Stanback. It is I. Chris Beam in the back. We've got Nick Harris. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Gentlemen, it, it's not one of those games where you're going to take a whole lot of stock in it. We talked about that throughout the week. This was a bad Giants team. However, in order to really impress in a game like that, you needed to control in all phases. Mm-hmm. Dallas did that. Mm-hmm. They controlled in all phases. They got the job done, and they, they were really impressive, especially on the offensive side of the football, where right now, when I'm looking at this team, I want to see a win wherever we can offensively. And Isaiah, that's exactly what we saw. Exactly what we saw, Kyle. And over the span of two games against the New York Giants in the 2023 season, they have scored now 89 points. Is that good? It's all right, man. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. 89 uh-huh. 17, the final score between the Giants and the Cowboys. Franchise record uh, for point differential in a season against the Giants, by the way. Isn't it against any team? It could be. It I could think be. it is. It very well could be. I, we were looking at it up last Hope night. So. <laughs> Nick Eman and I were, were looking at it. Yeah, I, I believe it's the most point differential in a single series ever of, of any team that they played. I mean, it would have to be a divisional foe, of course, because you'd have to play them twice and then dismantle them twice. That's hard yeah. to do. Yeah. It's hard to do in any league. I don't care if it's college, high school, JV, doesn't matter. It's hard to beat a team 89 to 17 over the course of two games. Yeah, uh, for me, I think the, the the biggest two things that stand out, one, uh, Brandon Cooks, which uh, I'm sure we'll get into a little bit this week and definitely on Friday. Would you say he's... Uh, uh, why would you say that? Would you say he's he, starting to heat up? Yeah, he started to heat up, got mm-hmm. real spicy in his, mm. in his, in his uh, production on Sunday. But... Um, <laughs> Just a real quick side note, as soon as Brandon Cooks hit that 100-yard mark, Isaiah was in the press box uh, buying the hottest (laughs) possible hot sauce that he could find on the internet. So, uh, yeah, tune in Friday. So, I, I kind of have an idea. So, you know, on like segment two on Fridays, you mm-hmm. know, I got key matchups that, that yeah. I'll lay out. I say I just do it right at the beginning of the segment and try to get through key matchups okay. with it. <laughs> and, okay, so I'm with that. For those who did not tune in on Friday, because we've me. got a lot, of Monday, me, a lot of Monday viewers that, that are just wanting to hear about the game. And trust me, we're going to talk about this game. One thing that we bet on. It was Isaiah versus Nick. A lot of people thought I was involved in this. You were. I was just facilitating it. <laughs> and I agreed that if it was a push, because the pet was. You instigator. 100. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. I like to poke the bear. When <laughs> Pour honey on it. <laughs> yeah, okay, Dak. The, the bet was Brandon Cooks over 100 yards receiving. Over 100 yards 
that would mean Isaiah wins. Mm-hmm. Under 100 yards, that means Nick would win. I said if it was a push, it was right at 100, I would do it as well, and we would all three have the hot sauce challenge. That was very common. What it is is we are going to take a Tostitos chip, lather in a hot sauce. Lather. Man, it's going to be a he- healthy lather from Isaiah. <laughs> May even get the, the scoops, the Tostitos scoops. Be and then you ready to get a trash can. And then take a bite of the hottest <laughs> hot sauce we can find. Isaiah, what was the hot sauce that you came up with? It's called? I don't want to give him any scouting reports. You know, I don't want to give scouting him any. Yeah, scouting reports. There's no anymore. scouting reports with hot sauce. That's like, <laughs> hey, I got this uh, I got this knife. It's You want to no, get a scouting you know report on it? I honestly only purchased, <laughs> That's fair. I only purchased the one that I I have. I, I got your fresh batch. Fresh okay. bottle. Yeah. Fresh bottle of the call. It's called Appreciate the Inn. Appreciate that. It's called the Inn. It's by a company called Flatline. Okay. Yeah. You're like That gives me confidence. That's O of two in the name <laughs> category for me. <laughs> red flag. Red it's flag. Only the, it's, it's, it's rated the third hottest hot sauce in the country. Okay. At least it's third. Yeah. At least it's third. We didn't go number one. We're, one and two. They won like, like $130 for those bottles. Yeah. So we didn't yeah. do that. Yeah, we, we have to get sponsored. The yeah. end is what it is. If you look it up, it's got the, in terms of the spiciness scale, Scoville scale. SHU's yep. $6 million. That's beautiful. I'm Six so milli. I'm just thrilled. Can't you tell? What is a what is a scorpion pepper? I don't know. Yeah. That's what it was. It was a reaper pepper. But about but about Brandon Cooks. <laughs> if I want to dive into this, I expected him to have his best game of the season because mm-hmm. we talked about it last week. Um, the the man coverage of the Giants that the Giants do play and the young depleted secondary that they have. I expected Cooks to get going. I was expecting somewhere in the 80, 90 yard range maybe, but 173 yards. Yeah. He was, I think it was 14 yards off of his career high. Um, it was a huge day, and, and he got involved in the short and intermediate game. He got involved downfield. I think the the play that stood out to me the most was when they were inside their own 20, I believe, and uh, Dak just threw a, a go route out of the slot to B Cooks and. He he just brought it in. It was a physical route. Uh, he got off he got off the line quick. Um, he did his job, and it was great to see. And then the other thing that really stood out to me offensively: Rico Dowdle, twelve carries, seventy nine yards, and one touchdown. Feed him. I believe whenever the the starters came out, he had only had nine carries, but still, um, it, it was it was a really productive day for Rico Dowdle. He was averaging right at ten yards a carry whenever the uh, uh, starters were pulled. And I think that's something we've been talking about as well: is just get the the running game a little bit more multiple we've seen what Tony Pollard can do in the run game downhill not necessarily loving what I've seen from him so far in that in that aspect but for what this offense is built to do and what they want to do in the running game I think Rigo Dowdle may, may end up being the better facilitator of that can I put this into perspective in regards to Brandon Cooks no I'm mad at you all right I'm not <laughs> you would be. listen I was fully confident in Brandon Cooks this week mainly because of the fact that I know that he has been underutilized. Mm-hmm. I know that he has secretly not been happy with the 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 the, mm. the non-use of of him in the system. Right now, he's professional. He's he's about as professional as they come. He's gonna he's gonna take care of business. He's gonna do whatever's required for the team to win. Always liked his mindset too. Oh, always, just, I, I think mean, he, level-headed. At least yeah. in terms of what he speaks to yeah, the media. I mean, with. level-headed. I mean, he he is that guy. He is a team player. But ultimately, he's a dominant player too. If you actually actually give him the opportunity, and this team, the New York Giants, played the most man coverage out of anybody in the league. So I knew that with all those things kind of in the pot, I realized that. He was going to have an opportunity to win on man-to-man coverage in this game. If there was ever a chance for him to get going, it was going to be this game. And let me, in perspective, coming into this game, Brandon Cooks had 17 receptions, 165 yards, and two touchdowns. 
weeks one through yeah. nine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And damn near doubled all of those. Right? 17 <laughs> receptions. Yep. He had nine receptions last night. 165 yards in a season. Had 173 yards last night. And then two touchdowns uh, on the season. And he had a touchdown last night. So he half the touchdown margin. He upped the yardage. Yep. And he almost he almost uh, tied. Well, he at least he almost he almost half the the receptions all in one night. Yeah. And the question mark that most people have is like, well, if you start giving B. Cooks the ball, then you're going to take away reps from C.D. Lamb. Hmm. That's interesting. What was C.D. Lamb's stat line? Uh, that that dude had uh, 11 receptions, mm-hmm. 151 yards, mm-hmm. and a touchdown. So you're saying both guys went off? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. no doubt. So, also, C.D. Lamb, the first player in NFL history with three consecutive games of 10 receptions and 150 yards. History. C.D. Lamb. I knew something dude. was up when I that saw one that. That one arm grab down the left sideline was nasty. Yeah. That was yeah, disgusting. It was. Yeah. That it was. was nasty. Now, I believe that was his first catch, wasn't it? First I, or I second? It was either first or he second. He got going early, and it yeah. was it was not stopping from there. The, the other part about it, it, it kind of goes back to what you guys were talking about in terms of the run game, too. First time in Cowboys history that they've had two 150-yard receivers hmm. and two 50-yard rushers in the same game. So yeah. the fact that they've had – that much success spreading it around. Isaiah goes back to your point. Everyone can eat. Now, this was up against a bad New York Giants team. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like everything here is always with a little bit of a grain of salt. But what we've been looking for is any kind of click from the offense. And I will say this is the fourth straight week the offense has played better than they did the week before. Correct. You know, Chargers, they improved. Rams, they improved upon the Chargers. Philly, they, they improved upon the Rams even. And then you got... This was Dallas. this was important from the stance that against the Rams and the Chargers, I don't want to say I wrote those games off, mm-hmm. but like I almost dismissed that production offensively because of this type of defense you were going against. You you don't write it off here. I don't because you talk about I wanted to see this stuff versus man. I wanted to see them excel in the passing game versus man to man coverage. We talked about how much space these receivers were creating, right? We were talking about, can these guys get off press man? Can they create separation? Does this offense work versus man? You wanted to see it from a receiver standpoint. Absolutely. I wanted to see these guys win their one-on-one matchups. And the reality is when you're playing against a cover four zone like the Rams and the Chargers primarily play, that's like pitch and catch. Mm -hmm. Now, you're still playing against professional athletes. There's still some all pros out there. All that jazz. That's cool. But you're not having to actually like win your one-on-one battles, right? You're kind of finding the weak spots of the zone. And that comes with the game of football. I get it. But like when you face man-to-man like you did versus Philly, when you face man-to-man like you did versus the 49ers, like you did versus Arizona, like you did last night, that's when you kind of find out what you have in terms of your receiver's ability to create space and your your quarterback's ability to be able to put the ball where it needs to be because the margin for error is slim to none whenever you're playing man-to-man. And also, you get a chance to see how this West Coast offense, how effective it is versus man-to-man coverage because you would think, most people on the outside would think, well, man-to-man versus, versus a West Coast offense, you know, that's not a good predicament for the Cowboys. Well, he proved you wrong. Well, I do mostly agree with you because this offense, again, it's built to beat man. The, the weapons that they have are built to beat man. You got Brandon Cook, CeeDee Lamb. I mean, there's a reason why those two had a great day yesterday. You said you want to see them beat man from a receiver standpoint. I think from a quarterback standpoint, mm-hmm. I would rather him. I would rather want to see Dak Prescott beat zone on a consistent basis, just because I know that's what he struggles with Correct. the most. Correct. Now, Dak does historically. Dak has struggled with identifying 
coverages and making yeah. the right decisions. Yeah, based that's on what those. we've talked about. Right? For sure. But in terms of accuracy, he was able to show you a lot last night because mm-hmm. of the the small you know margin for errors versus man to man coverage. Man to man, you're not going to be beating anybody by no more than one one and a half yards. Maybe well, that's that's like destroying somebody, right? One yard. I'm talking about three feet. Okay, so that's huge margin in the NFL. And you have to pick, you know, you got to be able to place it on the correct shoulder based upon the type of route. You know, the, you're talking about the loft, right? The angle in which the ball is coming in on deep throws and all those things. There's a whole lot of things that we can get into analytically. But ultimately, Dak had a heck of a day. Um, he he was accurate. He made good decisions. There's one bad decision, obviously, that, that bit him in the butt. But again, that was his own coverage. I was about to say, what was yeah, it? <laughs> that was his own. So, you know, yeah. that's something that he has to continue to work on and identify. But in terms of last night, I'm very impressed with these guys, regardless of the fact that this was a bad team. They still had to win their matchups. With that being said, the defense also did their job, too. Because you're talking about Brandon Cooks, 173 yards, right, Mm -hmm. receiving. Total yards for the New York Giants last night, 172. Mm. Brandon Cooks had more receiving yards by himself than the entire Giants offense did last night. DeVito. And, and I feel like, of course, the storyline, the head storyline, and we'll talk about it a little bit more in the second segment, has been the offense, but the defense deserves some credit in what they did last night as well. Yeah, absolutely. It started early and often, and you look at a lot of these guys in all three levels, everybody had a good day. Um, there was a bad stretch that Jordan Lewis had where he had back-to-back penalties, but other than that, I really can't point at anybody that had a bad stretch during mm-hmm. the entirety of the game. Um, I mean, you could look at when the twos came in late in the game, but I, I didn't have an opportunity to see that. We were already going down towards the locker room um but yeah the defense was awesome the pass rusher's great and i I put this in um five takes last night and i'd like to get y'all's opinion on it all of a sudden this team's rush defense has become a strength it's it's they they are limiting really good runners uh they haven't allowed a 100 yard rusher all season which it felt like there was like a five game stretch last year where they had one every game um but yeah uh, you got to give credit to those guys in the interior uh i don't know if it's you know having a first round pick in Mozzie Smith and the rest of that group saying, Hey, you know, we need to step up or if it's uh, just a, a different approach this season by, by Dan Quinn and that group. But uh, a lot of credit towards those guys in the middle, uh, both in the defensive tackle area and in the linebacking core. Nothing to add on the defense at all, Isaiah. He's not a defense guy. I, mean, I know you're not. That, that, that's a bad offense. It is. It it's, really I mean, is. it's a really. I mean, I'm not. Again, I'm not taking anything away from the defense. They went out there and took care of business. But that was a really bad offense. Okay. I mean, even when guys were wide open, Devito couldn't hit him. You know, he was pressured 17 times. Yeah, he was on under pressure. 26 dropbacks. No, facts. He was under pressure, but the times where he wasn't under pressure, he was still throwing the ball yeah. into the grounds. It was. It was. It sucked for them. So, Nick, you said no. Nobody had a bad game. I was just looking on Twitter this morning. Micah Parsons didn't look happy on Twitter. Didn't end up with a sack. He left the locker room without talking to anybody after his team wins 49-17. to Is that something we should dive into? Or is that something that just because of the game and where it was – just gloss over it and, and move on to, to Carolina. Trace yeah, I, I'm not really sure what that tweet was about last night. When yeah. I first saw it, I thought I it, it. it was uh, he had said, uh, "Wow, I've never been this speechless in my life," or something like that. And he had a couple of and emojis, like the, the zip emoji zippers. or whatever. I, I thought 
initially that it had to do with just the big win. Like it was like, dang, like what a big win. I'm speechless. Like that's what I thought initially. I and, and then everybody else was on Taking Twitter it was a different yeah, way. was like, oh, you know, Micah's unhappy. How can you be unhappy after a big win like that? And I was like, yeah, but I don't really know. I think that's something you're gonna have to ask Micah at the end of the week. But yeah. um, that I'm I'm gonna kind of keep it towards that until we know what Micah actually meant. Yeah, and that's the thing is there there are I mean even driving in this morning and hearing it on the radio stations was I mean they were talking about Micah Parsons not being happy I I don't know where I know he didn't get a sack but outside of that there's not a whole lot to be unhappy with uh with this ball club and and especially defensively against the bad offense uh, against the offense that had one player really that was a scare for you Saquon Barkley limited him to just 66 yards if Michael Parsons is unhappy, he'll be all right next week. Like they're playing a horrible offensive line next week, he's going to get his. So I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I'm not speculating on anything. It's just, it's not. All I can say is, it's not a good look to run out the locker room. Not run out, but be the first one out the locker room. After and he was. He big, walked right by us after a big team win. That I that I can't stand. It's not the by. first time he's done it. I don't care how many times he's yeah, done it. It's I know. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like it's, that's not a good look. Yeah. that's all I'm saying. I'm with you. I'm yeah, with you 100. Yeah. percent I'm just saying it's not the first time he's done it. I don't think there was anything too out of character from him last night. But again, maybe I'm taking it out of context. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. That's not a good look. <laughs> you, know, you know who did stop by and say something? Hmm. Brandon Cooks did. Oh. We invited him on Friday. Hot son. Oh God. Yeah, we'll see if he. Yeah, we'll see if he oh, comes. I'll, I'll re-invite him whenever we get into open locker room <laughs> this week. We'll see if he wants to pop on the show 9 a.m. He's be, in the that'd building. That'd honestly be pretty funny. At, at what point hilarious. did you know that you had lost? Because we were sitting. Uh, I, I, it was. It was so. It, he had got up to like 52 yards, like that. Quick. And then it was like the 20 or 30 yard catch after that along the left sideline. That's line. when you recognized. That's, that's when. That's when I accepted defeat. I was like, all right, cool. I knew before cool. the before the initial kickoff. Uh, cool. Stop. Man. That's right. great. I mean, you did, but <laughs> but then after he caught his first couple of balls, I looked down at you. You were like, yeah. oh, just doing well. Yeah. yeah. Just behind the scenes. I mean. <laughs> we don't normally go to the stadium. Isaiah and I are usually here nice. at the Star in Frisco you know, doing was... our pre and post game. Yesterday we were at the stadium, which, by the way, the crowd out there in the AT&T awesome. East Plaza was out. phenomenal. That's awesome. They were, they were all day long Maybe I'll get an invite out lit. there one day. They were mm. lit. You have an invite. You always got an invite. Guys. But, man, <laughs> it, the crowd was incredible. We, we got to meet so many great fans out there. And we'll be back out there for the Seattle game, by the way. Woo! So, just a couple weeks down the road, Seattle, Thursday night football. Boom. We'll be oh, out there man. in the dark. <laughs> that's going to be crazy. That's the Isaiah Standback special. Bro, that's gonna that's be what crazy. I said. I was like, we're just appealing to Standback fans because he's, <laughs> we, we do it for the Giants game. We want to ring with them. And then we've got Seattle. It's just like a whole thing. It's going to be like 50 Seahawks fans just on the. Literally. Yeah. The there sure will be. I can guarantee yeah, that. Yeah, it's going to happen. Uh, with that being said, though, we were all sitting together in the press box, which is not the normal uh-uh. thing. Usually it's Nick by himself in the press box. And then it's Nick, me, and then Isaiah. And every time Brandon Cooks had a reception, we were looking right at Nick. <laughs> both both Isaiah and I looking to the left, <laughs> looking right at Nick. So Friday will be fun. We'll do it Friday. Second segment, the hot chip, hot sauce, Brandon Cooks challenge. We'll take our first break here, though. When we come back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, we're going to take a look deeper into what this means for the Cowboys. Is this something to build upon going into the Carolina matchup? And what else can we take from the 49-17 win over the New York Giants? More Talking Cowboys coming up right after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now... 
Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices message and data rates may apply member fdic welcome back into dear doctor the show where i answer life's questions with an ice cold can of dr pepper sheila let's hear from our next caller would you dear doctor my friend supported me during a tough time but what's the right gift that says thanks for being a shoulder to cry on okay this one's easy i say give her a delicious dr pepper nothing says thanks girl better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, this portion of the show is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super-trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Glad you're with us. In the back, Chris Beam. I say a stand back. We've got Nick Harris. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Apologies for the voice <laughs> struggles today. We had all pre- post-game, pre-game, post-game, and then at the stadium it was uh, a little bit louder last night, so I'm struggling through some some voice cracks this morning. Uh, with that being said, the way that this game was played, a lot of Cowboys fans and a lot of fans in the NFL are going to say, do it against a good team. And I get it. 49-17, the Giants weren't very good. It was really what we expected, what we wanted to see out of this game. But, Nick, do you take any stock – in any element of the win as something that can be built upon going into next week. You know, I, I put it out on Twitter last night, and, you know, I I, um, I expected a little bit more uh, a flack from it, but I guess Cowboys fans do agree. I'm no more or less confident than I was before the game because we've seen this before. Like mm-hmm. uh, we, We've seen them dominate teams that they should dominate. Um, I, honestly, there's nothing that they can do over the course of the next, I'm going to say two weeks because I, I think there is something they can do against the commanders that would give me some confidence but I'm talking about this game against the Giants next week against Carolina they just got to handle business and that's what they did and that's what they should do good teams beat bad teams um I I guess if we're looking for specifics getting Brandon Cooks involved the way that they did obviously that's a huge confidence booster moving forward on the offense uh same with Rico Dowdle uh defensively just remaining consistent drive after drive after drive I think there was a stretch of nine drives where they were able to push the Giants off the field so um yeah you can take away things there but again we we've seen a lot of those same things throughout the season um it's it doesn't really matter for me until they beat a playoff team like this um it's just because of what we've seen so far this season. 
I gained confidence from the thing that you just mentioned. That's Brandon Cooks. Them getting him involved, to me, it's going to propel this offense going forward. And it's not from the standpoint that now you know that what he can do. You knew what he can do, but it's like knowing that you could do something and actually doing it are two different things. And now you now you have full understanding of how you can involve C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cooks in the same game plan without any of them suffering any setbacks, you know, in terms of unproduction, non-production. It's important that they have weapons on both sides that teams fear. And teams just fearing CeeDee Lamb is not enough. Well, whenever you go up against really good teams, they what are they going to do? Weapons. They're going to well, yeah, they'll have multiple. Team. Yeah, they're going to they're going to they're going to take away CD yeah, Lamb. Yeah, they're going to take away CD Lamb. So you have to have another threat. You just you have to put yourself in that position. So for me, I do have more confidence because now I know that they're like, oh, this is how we can elicit a game plan that incorporates both CD Lamb and Brandon Cooks. Now the box that's still left unchecked is Tony Pollard. Yeah. And I didn't expect them to check every box this this most recent game, but now you're playing against Carolina Panthers. What box do you need to make sure that you check this week? Rico Dowdle. <laughs> the Rico Dowdle and and Tony Pollard show, and I'm not against that. I think that Tony Pollard is a great running back, but I think that he needs a compadre. I truly believe that he needs somebody Did you else like to what ride you like what you what you saw. Yeah, with the fact that Rico Dowdle ended up having yeah. more touches and and was utilized and and played listen, well. At listen. one point in the game, he was averaging nine point eight yards per carry. Rico Dowdle is a, is a battering ram. Finished still, with I mean, six point six. He by the way. gets downhill. He gets downhill fast, and he finishes on the opposing side. And he always has two or three guys with him. He. So that's a one-two punch that you have to lean on. And I think that they may have recognized that yesterday as well, that I feel like they waved the white flag in terms of just trying to put this entire running game on Tony Pollard's shoulders. And they, they're at, I think they acknowledge that. They're like, hey, it's okay. Forget perception. For, for, forget the fact that everybody expects Tony Pollard to, to bear all this weight. Like, let's utilize our one-two punch. We have a solid one-two punch. If that's going to be effective and it's going to help our offense, so the heck what with what everybody thinks should happen, let's make sure that we use both of these guys to elicit a running game. And if we have a running game, then we can get to so much more of our offense. And they have not touched a, a fraction of what they can do offensively because the play-action game is non-existent. I'm with you. I, I think there's a really good opportunity now that they have found Rico Dowdle can be relied upon uh, rotating in with Pollard. That was something I thought about during the game last night, too. I was like, hey, these guys complement each other yeah, really well. Yeah. Like, let, let's let's bounce them off each other. Let's see what they can do. Um, I, I would love to see that highlighted this week. Like, if Dak Prescott goes out in Carolina and throws for, like, 200 yards, yep. and th- those two running backs, they combine for, like, 150, I'm all right. I feel good about that. Yeah, and I mean, Mike McCarthy will never really admit to it. I mean, he always has the line of "we don't play fantasy football, we don't, we don't really worry about spreading it around. We want to be successful on our side." You saw the run game yesterday start to click against a, a, a front seven against the Giants. It's probably the strength of their team right now, and that's Dexter Lawrence, Kayvon Thibodeau. They've got some guys up front. Not, they aren't a great defense. They gave up forty nine points last night, but. The way that they ran the ball effectively, six and a half yards per carry on 12 carries for Rico Dowdle, 15 carries for Tony Pollard, 55 yards. He still wasn't super effective, but he did break one for 15, and he he was used out of the backfield as a, a pass protector as well in the game, too. So I, I liked some of the early looks. I agree with you, Nick. I want to see those two highlighted against Carolina. Carolina can't stop the run very well. So with that being said... 
I want to see them run pretty heavy on the Panthers and try and continue to get this thing right and build it in the right direction. The Giants are giving up the uh, ninth most uh, rushing yards per game uh, in the league this season. The Panthers giving up the seventh most uh, per game this season. So. Really good opportunities in these two these two weeks to, to find some, to find the running game a little bit. I, I know that's going to be a question that McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer get asked today. Uh, curious to see just kind of how that played about. Uh, I talked to Rico Dowdle in the locker room afterward, and I asked him, do you feel like there was trust built as the game went on? And he was like, yeah, for sure. With every carry that he got, he could tell that they were continuing to rely upon him in those situations, and you, you saw that manifest. With all of this, uh, the, the Brandon Cooks, the – C.D. Lamb, the Rico Dowdle, all the offensive line, how they played last night. Well, let's quickly hit on that. Offensive line played yeah. really well. Zero sacks allowed. They blocked up Dak Prescott well. Yeah, they did a fantastic job. It was a bounce-back effort for everyone up front. Uh, I think Biotish was probably the one that was <laughs> that allowed pressures the most. The, the play that I think of is the one where Dak Prescott had to like kind of jump into the, mm-hmm. the downfield throw to Cooks, um, and then he got hit by Dexter Lawrence and kind of thrown down, and we were all holding our breath for a minute. Yeah. Um, but other, other than that play, I can't really think of any moment where I was like, gosh, I wish the offensive line would put Dak in a better situation here. And uh, you have to give credit to Terrence Steele as well, uh, bouncing back from that game that he had in Philadelphia last week. Um, and doing what he did uh, yesterday. Um, it's really good to see, but um, that's what that offensive line should do to that defensive line. So um, there's a couple of really interesting pass rushers that we'll get into later in the week for Carolina that I saw during their horrible uh, Thursday night football game this past week. Um, so there, there's going to be a, a couple of opportunities to, you know, continue that momentum but um still going to be a really good defensive line. But kind of where I was leading before talking about the offensive line is the fact that that's what these games are. And we talked about that going into the week as well. This is the first of four games that are winnable games. And they ramp up. They ramp up in a a specific way. I think the Giants right now might be the worst team in football. And if they're not, it's Carolina. It's it's the other worst team in football currently. So those two teams are certainly terrible. Terrible. You got a chance to win those games and win them big and, and really get everything rolling in the right direction. Then you take a step up with Washington. Washington's still a decent team. Yeah. They challenged Seattle last night. That I mean, that's a decent Washington Commanders team. Then you've got Seattle, which I think is just a small step up from from Washington. But then you're getting into the meat of your schedule at that point forward. So this is the get right month for the Cowboys. They've checked the first box. Is that what we're looking for going into it, mindset-wise, from this Cowboys team? Absolutely. This is a confidence-building section of, the, of your season, and that's how you utilize it. And you want to make sure that, A, you win the ball game, B, you get out healthy, and then, C, you go out there and you execute on things that you struggle with in the first portion of your season. Uh, the things that you were, that you saw, protection issues, you know, you still had a box that was left unchecked last night in terms of penalties. Right? I think they that's had eight one. penalties for what, 73, 83, somewhere around there. Nine for 83. There you go. Nine for 83 that's yards. A lot. It didn't that's feel it. like it, it piled up like that. That's yeah. wild. But I mean, like, that's. Giants had two for five yards. Like, this is what like a number like that. Attacking those aspects of your game that that you have to improve upon, right? So your protection, something that you you can't do anything unless you have solid protection. So obviously they checked that box last night. Getting your play multiple playmakers involved, they figured that out last night. Yeah. Okay, continue to shut down opposing teams' most threatening running backs. Okay, you shut that. You, you obviously checked that box yesterday. So those things all got checked off. But the one thing, you know, the penalties, you can't have that. They have to figure that out. That's something that he still has to hone in on over these next few weeks and get that facilitated because if you have penalties in 
against against uh, if you have the, these this number of penalties against really good teams, that will be the reason why you lose the game, yeah. right? So you can't have nine penalties. You can't you can't beat yourself. So some of these things, he's pre-snap penalties, post-snap penalties. I know Neville Gallimore had some last night that's controversial, but like all those things, you have to make sure that you start uh, again. Boom, check them off, check them off, check them off. And then when you start to face those good teams again, like Seattle, you start fa- from that point forward, that's when you find out, okay, the boxes that we checked, are they full are they are they fully you know, are they fully filled in? Mm-hmm. Are they filled all the way in or did, did we leave it a little bit, you know, shaded? You know, because now you start to figure out exactly what you have. You're not gonna know exactly what you have versus these these weaker teams, but you can at least make sure that you're heading in the right direction and then you get to the real test. Right, those are the quizzes. These are the quizzes, and then you get to the actual <laughs> test. And the twelfth test ones are obviously the ones that matter. Well, when it comes to penalties this season so far, uh, Dallas and Arizona are at the top of the league with sixty nine. Yeah, nice. It's not good. Mm. Not so nice. <laughs> not not so nice for sure. But penalty yardage, they're fifth. I don't know if that helps you breathe yeah, a little bit better. Breathe at all. <laughs> what did you guys think about some of the young guys who had some some extra playing time yesterday? Uh, we mentioned Rico Dowdle, Jalen Brooks, four yes. catches on JB. four targets. He he was out there balling. Uh, Mozzie Smith sighting in the early drives had a tackle for loss and played well in the interior. So well, which one? Which one stuck out most to you? Uh, I really loved what I saw from Mozzie Smith. I think that was yeah. the best game that he had as a Dallas Cowboy, and I was at, uh, able to catch up with him in the locker room afterward. Which honestly is like a blue moon. It's hard to catch Mozzie, mm-hmm. um, but he was uh, he he was he he was confident after the game. Uh, he he said he he feels like he's stacking confidence with every game. We'll have an article out today on DallasCowboys.com on our conversation. But um, yeah, he did a really good job filling running lanes. His get off was great, which yeah, I think that's been the biggest uh, point of emphasis for me because that's something we saw at Michigan that we haven't seen this year and that's not a a technique thing that's just getting off the ball uh we saw that a couple of times um last night where it was really good a couple of times still where it was really bad but um overall i love what mozzie smith did you mentioned jalen brooks those four receptions it's great to see him get going in the past game we saw what he did in the preseason and during training camp as far as being a physical receiver and and going up and fighting off contact and bringing down uh receptions and we saw that uh again last night and then deuce vaughn in the return game he didn't really have a ton of opportunities but he had a couple of returns where you saw the flash a little yeah. bit so it's good to see that 23 draft class get going i just love that we're in november and we're talking about rico dowdle and jalen brooks yeah that makes me feel a much better about this team than than having both of those guys just die off now jalen brooks of course he's a rookie rico dowdle we have not been talking yeah. about him in november at all uh, and he's been great not necessarily a rookie definitely not a rookie but one thing that i was happy to see was the utilization of rashawn evans yesterday and how cowboys they, rookie <laughs> yeah cowboys rookie but the, they put him he started yeah right? he started and he played his fair share of snaps and how they utilize him in the base sets and then brought in marquise bell as the curveball right obviously marquise bell has stepped in for vander as he did a heck of a job filling in for that role but it seems at least, at least i don't know whether this is the new normal or they were just utilizing this game against a weaker opponent to get Rashad Evans' feet wet, right, get his feet underneath him a little bit. Um, but either way, it looks like they're going to utilize him in the base um, sets and then use Marquise Bell as a third down type backer. Well, the only thing towards that is he's out of practice squad elevations now. So he's going to have to get signed to the active roster. And means... nobody's gotten hurt the last two games, so there's no room really to, <laughs> to, to activate him. I'm curious to see what they do there if they need Evans in the game against Carolina. Yeah, but mm. I have an idea what's going to probably happen. Fans aren't going to be happy. Say it, say it with your chest. I'm not saying Say it with your chest. chest. No. All right. 
We'll say it in the third segment. When we come back here on Talking Cowboys, we'll have some smelly stickers to give out. It's our player of the game as the Cowboys take down the Giants 49-17. And then we'll take a look ahead tomorrow to a Talking Tuesday where we get to hear from the fans. More Talking Cowboys right after this. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJackBlack.com black.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys vip todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable and now todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour but the good news is todd has at&t 5g that is fast reliable and secure and he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew at&t 5g fast reliable secure it's not complicated 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys. This segment is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Back with you as we are ready to give our smelly stickers. Before we do so, though, we got a question from the Cowboys text line. And the question is from Manny in Connecticut. He said, Why did Micah Parsons play so many snaps at linebacker? I think it's why he might be a little upset following that win. Could be. We don't really know for sure. But, Nick, based off of that, what do you think about Micah playing back? Yeah, he played uh, 10 snaps in the box last night um, off the ball. There was one play in particular where uh, J. Ron Curse was coming down on a safety blitz, and Tommy DeVito expected there to be a hole in the middle of the in the middle of the coverage as a result, and Micah Parsons dropped back into coverage out of the box, and he played phenomenal coverage across the middle. Ended up being, uh, I, I believe it was a sack, or Tommy DeVito had to try to get out, and it was only like a one- or two-yard gain. It was on a third down. It was a really, really good play from Micah Parsons in coverage, but uh, that might be. That, that could be a reason um he played 15 snaps in the box a couple weeks ago so um it's no different than you know something he's done all at any point this season but again that's something we'll have to ask michael later in the week all right so yeah we'll ask him later in the week i'm, I'm interested to see how this one develops because like you said whatever the pressures were there 17 on 26 it's not like dallas lacked any production from their defensive front yeah. And Micah just wasn't the one with a sack. I, I don't know if he's upset about this at all. Maybe we're just diving into it a little bit more. We'll find that out as we go along. All right. 
Isaiah, since you won the Brandon Cooks bet, <laughs> I'm going to let you start things off here on the Smelly Stickers because I have a feeling of where this one might be. Yep, yeah, you should, Kyle. Um, I, I do want to give you credit. Out of anybody, anybody that was willing to go out on a limb. Oh, no, not on the it's new okay. desk. I'm good. I'm back All right, we're back good. We're good. Uh, out of anybody that wanted to go out on a limb, you went very far out on that limb with Brandon Cooks. You came through, my friend. Well done. And I almost predicted the game score. Almost got the game score. What did you say? Like I said 46-17. Yeah, so you field goal off, basically. Just field goal off. Yeah. Yeah, Brandon Aubrey, what a horrible day. Didn't make a field goal. How dare you? Darn. All right, so I'm going with the watermelon, okay? No Mm. significance there with the watermelon, but you guys see there's a slice, okay? And there's a little slice right there, a little skosh of the... the Good word. (laughs) Of of the watermelon. That's not a word. Skosh? Yes, it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, That's not a word. word. That's not a word. (laughs) Got a heavy tongue today. All right, so (laughs) this right here (laughs) is just a taste of what you got... Out of what you have, what you can get out of Brandon Cooks, right here. This little slice right here is just a taste of what he's capable of doing. Right. Yesterday, he did more in one game than he had did in the entire first half of the NFL season. Give him the rock more because you only got a taste. Mm. Mm. Just a skosh. Just a skosh. Uh, skosh is indeed a word. Yes, it is. Uh, a small amount, a little. How do you spell that? S K O S H. But That's it's pronounced unreal. Booyah. That's unreal. You know how I know that mm-hmm. word? We used to go have coffee with my grandfather, and my grandfather would always pick on the new okay. waitress. That is a grandfather yeah. word. My grandfather would always <laughs> pick on the new waitress, the yeah. new, and he would say, Watch, watch this, watch this. And he would call the young lady over, and he would say, uh, How can I help you? He would say, Let me get a skosh of coffee. And he would say, Excuse me, sir? And then he would go, <laughs> Got him. <laughs> this guy right here, I, I got him. I got her. Let me get a scoosh. That's, that's how I got it. Shout out to Grandfather. Shout out to Grandpa. Yep. <laughs> that's R. awesome. <laughs> All right. I'll go next. Uh, I've got these two cherries here, right here. All right. And they're connected by a vine. You've got the, the cherries, and they just have this connection with a leaf. Don't look at me. You're in my shot. Get out of my shot. There's a connection brewing between Dak Prescott and C.D. Lamb. From the same vine. Okay. From the same vine. Mm-hmm. They have been phenomenal all year long, but mm-hmm. just just hanging. Just hanging around. Three straight games for Dak Prescott with at least 300 passing yards. Second time he's done that in his career. Three straight games with C.D. Lamb, at least 10 catches, 150 yards. First time in NFL history a receiver has done that. So... Give it the cherries to my friends. So you're doing Dak, Dak and Prescott CD? and CD Lamb. Oh, okay. Wow. Cheater. Sorry. Yeah, he's a cheater. Um, he sorry. took one of yours, didn't he? Yeah, I was going to do CD. But, mm. uh, Pick somebody else. It was uh, a good game. Uh, let me just look at the stat box. I mean, Sharon Bland. I got one. I got one. Oh, I forgot, um, forgot to talk this, uh, this, this, this little pineapple right here, mm-hmm. he's uh, he's in his bag, first off. because he's, he's got his bag. bag. But he's also running to class because he's late like I was this morning. He's got the glasses on, too. Somebody who was running quite a bit. Yesterday, Rico Dowdle. Rico! Getting, uh, getting the running game involved and doing a great job of doing it. Uh, we're running out of room here on the helmet. That's what I'd I love like to, to hear. see that. That's what I like to see. But yeah, shout out to Rico Dowdle. Would love to see him get involved more as the season goes on. Nice. Good call. Very nicely done. Yeah, Deron Bland, five interceptions now on the season. Feels like a footnote. It, it, it really footnote. does. It is a footnote. That's exactly what it is. Which, I mean, that just Man. goes to show how good the offense was yesterday. Sure would love to have him in Trayvon on the field at the same time. I know. Really quick, what's y'all's confidence level in this Texas Coast offense, just in general? One to ten. And has it increased like yes. by game? Mine my, my my confidence level has increased. And it's not just because of what they did against the Giants 
is because of what they've done over the last month. Two times against bad teams. The Rams and the Giants are not good. One time against the middle-of-the-road team, the Chargers I would kind of put as an average team in the NFL right now. And then one time against a good team with maybe a poor secondary, and that's that's Philadelphia. They did it really well against Philadelphia. This offense was fine against Philly. I I think there's there's growth there, and you're seeing that growth. And so I would I would put it at like a seven, seven, ten being like oh we're going to the bowl like it's done like yeah. ten being it's it's done, eight being okay they can make a playoff run. Six is like all right. I feel pretty pretty confident that they can make some room. I'm at, I'm at like a seven. I'm not all the way there yet. I'm not jumping out of the cake yet, but I still think they're a good team. Yeah, offensively, I've I've probably started at an eight, and I'm still at an eight. You know, I because I, because I know I have you the pers- started at an eight. Well, I, have, I have the perspective of what this offense. He's can always be. been a huge proponent. I'm a of West, the West Coast, Coast guy, right? Yeah. I, I ran the West Coast system. So I know what they're capable of. I know that once they started incorporating some of these things in terms of motion sets, all those type of things, personnel changes, I know what they're capable of, and they're starting to get to it. And that's why I was as confident as I was in B. Cooks and this offense, all that jazz. So, only thing that's missing is the incorporation for the run game, and that's why I keep saying like. Everybody out there, Cowboys Nation, your offense has not – they haven't even scratched the surface of what they're capable of doing because you have no effective run game. When you do have the run game in this offense, this team is going to be a problem. They're going to be an absolute problem because the West Coast offense is predicated on the run. And if you can get that running, the play-action game goes crazy. So that's why I'm holding out hope. That's why I'm excited about the potential, and that's why I'm excited about how these guys have been producing over the last few weeks because Coach McCarthy is getting comfortable. And you can see these guys starting to finally just say, okay, they're, they're doing the, the onboarding process. Mm. This whole first half of the season has been onboarding. right? They're learning how the system works. They're learning how to ro- ro- go with the, the flow. They're learning the communication. They're learning the splits and all these different adjustments, all these things that go into being an effective offense. They're figuring it out. And like I said, they're checking the box every single week. And that's what you utilize the middle of this season for, to check those boxes. The last One of the last infinity stones is they need to get this running game going. And if they do, Dak will go ham because the play-action game will be have a resurgence. And that's when you'll see that dude that you guys have all been looking waiting for. I'm with you. I think I'm at like a seven. Um, I, w- I was probably only like a, a five or six preseason just because of the simplicity that, that, it, that the mm-hmm. offense is. That's, that's the only reason I question you there. But I'm probably at a seven. It, it can push into eight, nine, ten territory uh, if they get that running game going. Yeah. If if the run game going, running game gets going, you're going to hear Isaiah stand back. <laughs> yeah. You're going to hear it. Because I, I agree with him completely. Play action is where Dak is at his best. And this West Coast offense runs best whenever Dak is at his best. And it has he's shown that even without really the running game the last four weeks. He's been balling. He's been putting up big numbers. He's been putting you in position to win that these games. And that's going to continue, especially if the run game gets going. If the yeah, run game gets rolling. Prediction. I'll save it. You'll, oh. I'll save it. Save it? Save it with the Jess Friday with the hot like sauce? If this run game gets going, you'll have two 1,000-yard receivers. Oh, you think Cooks can get Cooks that many can get yards? There? If, you, if you get the run game going, I'm scared to make a bet. Yeah, if you get the run game going, you will. <laughs> I promise you. If this thing gets going and teams have to respect yeah. your run, you will have two 1,000 yard receivers. Nick Harris goes double or nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm there yet. There's a long way to go for BC. There's a lot of long way for it's, Brandon Cooks. It's it's not it's not that far away. By the way, did you see the stat who has the most receiving yards in the NFL receiver-wise over the last three weeks? Yep. It's got to be Sedarian. Nope. It's CD. And Noah. 
and Noah Brown, Brown. and Amari Cooper. Wow. Those wow. are the top three players. CD Lamb. Can you imagine if those Noah guys were Brown, on the same team? And Amari Cooper. Wait. Wait a second. And that's how we'll leave you here on Talking Cowboys today. For Chris Beam, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the Star in Frisco. We'll see you tomorrow with more Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?